Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We're honored that you're here, and we pray that you find this message both encouraging and inspiring. I am in part three of this sermon series today, and I am excited about this this morning. Um, Spirit-led life, part three. Um, I got a couple things that I want to read to you out of the Bible, because we use that around here. Um, I just want to read a couple things to you this morning. It's actually going to be a little bit different than the past two weeks, but it's going to be good. Hebrews chapter 13, read a couple verses out of Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, we'll start with verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider, listen to this part, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome, the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. This next part is my favorite one. (laughs) Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must uh, given as those who must be given an account. Listen to this. Do this so that their work may be a joy. That means don't be causing issues for pastors. My favorite. Not a burden. For that would not be, for that would be of no benefit to you. I'm going to read it again. Have confidence your leaders submit to their authority because they can keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. Father, thank you this morning for your word. I pray that it would cut us deep this morning, provide healing in the places that it needs to provide healing and hope in the places that it needs to provide hope and trust in the places that it needs to give us trust. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jake? Them J's are fly this morning, but I guess we can let you get off the stage. Everybody give it up for Jake this morning. <laughs> Hannah led us in worship this morning. Praise God. Took us in. Hannah is Jake's wife. And so, um, anyways. So, this morning, I want to get into part three of a spirit-led life. And in this particular message... I'm going to talk about something that the Spirit leads you to if you want to live a fruitful life. And here's the thing. The Christian faith cannot be lived out alone, right? That's not the way that God designed this. So God puts you in communities of people because you need people. That is one of the foundations of the church even being built in Acts is that there were people who were there. But more than he connects you to people, 
I believe God connects you to certain leaders. And this is the only time that you're probably ever going to hear me talk about leadership on a Sunday morning just because um, I think that we've done enough of that in church. And I think leaders have said, come up under me and submit to me and see what your life will be so much that it's like, if it was really working, you wouldn't have to advertise it like that. <laughs> right? So, um, you wouldn't have to tell people so much to get up under your authority if you actually had any. And so, I think I have a lot of thoughts on this, so <laughs> bear with me this morning. Um, just spicy out of the gate this morning, right? It's just spicy. Um, but the, the Spirit of God wants you to be connected to people, and He also wants you as a person to be connected to a certain leader or some sort of leader in your life. And we, as Pentecostals, have coined the phrase spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers, which I think are great. It's no, no problem. But I am afraid that, here's what I am learning about Pentecostals, is that we have very good instincts. And by the way, I am not Pentecostal in the traditional sense at all. So, um, obviously, this morning, this is the nicest as you're going to see on a Sunday morning for me. This is as good as it gets. Um, so the nicest piece of clothing I have in my closet. I don't even have suit jackets anymore because we just rent those when needed. Um, so no need for it to take up space, right? And when I was broke and in college, I would go buy one and then return it right after I got done with the use because I'm not paying $200 to wear this once, right? I'm just going to rent it or I'm going to go and buy it, and then I'm going to return it. Didn't fit right. And the reality is I was never lying because I always bought the wrong size, right? And so, um, but you need leaders in your life. You need either a spiritual father or a spiritual mother of some sort that help you live out this Christian life. Here is our problem as Pentecostals, we have good instincts as it pertains to what the Spirit wants. But we ignore wisdom that has been passed down from, for years and years and years and years. Because we believe that we are the most special people to ever grace God's planet. And the Spirit of God is just doing a new thing with our particular group of people. And that could not be further from the truth at all. Right? You could, not get, you could not get more away from the truth than that. There is a faith that has been handed down to us from generation to generation to generation to generation. There is a particular type of faith that's been handed down to us that we are to keep. Right? This is, what, this is how the early church would say it. Fathers and mothers are called to Live the faith faithfully and pass it down truthfully. They're called to live this faith faithfully and pass it down truthfully. And so I think a lot of times where we get in the aspect of church leadership, spiritual fathers, spiritual, spiritual mothers, is we just really... I can tell you what we do in the Pentecostal world. We find the best preacher, and then we go sit in. Yep. Check. Awesome. 
we find the best preacher, and then we go sit in and under their ministry. And we say, this is my leader, this is my spiritual father, or this is my mother. And that is so far off from the tradition of the church. It is so far away from the tradition of the church that it borders on the line of the miraculous how far we've gotten away from it. Right? Just because you sit under someone's teaching does not mean that they're your father or your mother in the faith. In fact, when Paul was saying, this is, this is the Pentecost, there is a book, and it is the Pentecostal book for mothers and fathers in the church. You have not many fathers. That's the book. And if you read this, everything in your life's going to get fixed. And what I find very just comical about the whole thing is the entire book is a misinterpretation of a Bible verse. The entire book is. What, what the book says is you're going to be able to learn from a lot of people, right? You're going to have pastors, and you're going to have podcasts, and you're going to have conferences, and those people, those are instructors in your life. But me, I'm your father, and you're supposed to submit to me. And that's not what Paul was saying at all. What he was saying in that particular even passage of scripture at all is that you have not many fathers. He was not making, he was not making a statement saying there's not enough fathers. He was saying, you're not going to have many fathers because the fathers of our faith are already set. They are the apostles, the 12 apostles. You're going to have 10,000 instructors, meaning that everyone from this point forward is not a church father. They are an instructor of the faith that the fathers passed down to us. And we, a lot of times, we want someone in our lives that we can say they are a mother or they are the father. And that's great. But their role is not a father of a movement, of a church, of a ministry, or whatever. That's not their role. Biblically, even at all. right? They are just an instructor that is teaching you this way appropriately. And, and the early church says they are supposed to live the faith faithfully. And pass it down truthfully. And I'm afraid what has happened in modern church culture is that we need people, leaders need people to call them spiritual mothers and fathers. Because they're so insecure. If you hear someone say, never mind, I'm going to leave that alone. So how can you find someone to submit to? How can you find leadership to get up under? Choose character over gifting. Choose character over gifting. Mothers and fathers of the faith are called to live the faith faithfully and pass it down truthfully. Is the person that you want to get up under, are they a person of character? Right? Are they using their gift to build the church or are they using their gift to build their own small little kingdom where you can just be a minion in? Better wise known as a spiritual son, but you act and look and talk just like them. 
right? And everything they do is the greatest thing that you've ever heard. And I think you should support the ministry that you're on. But giftings are given to us from God not to build ministries around them. They are used to build ministry, which is building people. Right? They're not meant to build organizations. Not in the traditional sense that we have come to know. Giftings from God are used to build people. They're not They're not supposed to be used to build your platform. Right? I'm going to use my gifting to build me a platform. And I have great news. It's going to be burned with fire. So it doesn't matter. When you get an appropriate picture of how Jesus is coming back to judge the world. There are lots of things that stop mattering to you. And I'm not saying that out of fear. I'm just saying when Paul says, you know, stones, precious, precious hay, diamonds, jewelry, gold, all of that is going to be tried by fire. And that that is of Jesus will remain and nothing else will remain. Then you start trying to live a faith that is lived out faithfully. Right? All of the rest of the stuff just fades away. You try to live a faith faithfully that has been handed down to us from generation. Listen. Choose character over giftings every single time. Choose character over giftings. Can I tell you why I moved to Knoxville? I tell you, yeah, because I hated living in Mississippi. That's a good reason right there. And it's actually partly true. <laughs> um, but when I moved to Knoxville, it wasn't because Pastor Casey could preach good. Even though he can preach good. I've heard every sermon from Pastor Casey since like 2009. So I've heard him preach as good as he can preach. Right? I've heard him preach as good as he can preach. The reason that provoked me to move to Knoxville to submit submit myself under leadership with Pastor Casey was I heard how Lindsay talk about how he handled when she was away. It was his character in times of disappointment that attracted me to him, not his preaching ability. You can get on YouTube and listen to good preaching. Look up the potter's house on your way home today, and you're going to hear a lot better preaching than me, right? T.D. Jakes, I have like this seven-minute clip that when I'm just feeling like all the world's against me, it's T.D. Jakes, I just... I just play this seven-minute clip by T.D. Jakes, and it talks about, I don't even know if it's really biblical, but in one point, he's like, if people can walk away from you, let them walk. And I'm just like, I'm swerving all over the road, and I'm just like, glory to God, yes, amen, right? And I mean, he's really into it, too. And I mean, I'm just fired up as I can get, and I'm just like, I never needed you anyway, (laughs) you know? And I told y'all last week, probably some of y'all listened to that while I was off social media because everybody got cut off in 2022. 
everybody's missing. I'm cutting everybody out of my life. I don't need nobody. I'm only taking those that elevate me in 2023. Right? All of the stuff. It's like, if they ain't elevated you yet, it ain't going to happen now. <laughs> Choose character over gifting. Here's something that you should really look at when you are trying to find someone to submit your life to. Are they threatened by the gifting of others? Are they threatened by the gifting of others? Because what will happen is, is someone will have a gift, and then if you also have a gift, they become threatened by it instead of promoting it. Because they want to build everything around themselves. Right? And if you have a leader who builds everything around themselves, when they leave, you'll see the fruit of that. When a leader builds a ministry or whatever around themselves, do not pay attention to what happens when they're there. Pay attention of what is going on in their absence. Because leadership is not defined by, by, well, by how well you can build something while you're there. It's defined with how did you pour into the lives of people around you so that they can build what you were trying to build while you're away. I know people who leave ministries all the time and leave them in shambles. Don't follow those people. A ask yourself this. Is a church or a ministry more healthy when they leave than when they found it? Or is it less? Can I tell you something about our church? Our church is as healthy as it's ever been. As healthy as it's ever been financially, everything. It's as healthy as it's ever been. We gave more money away last year than we've ever gave away. It's as healthy as it's ever been. Because Pastor Casey wasn't here building his thing. If he wanted to do that, he should have stayed where he was. Bigger platform. More speaking opportunity. But pay attention very closely to how, when, if you are looking to submit your life to a leader of how things go when they're not there. Let me tell you one of my actual, my biggest wins at this church in the history of Hope Unlimited Everybody knows that I am a freak about time. I like everything to be on time. I like everything to run smooth. And Emily texts me one morning. I can't remember where I was at. And she's like, we're done with the rehearsal at 832. And I'm like, that is a miracle from God. And I don't think that I'm coming back because y'all are better in my absence. Because it's never done at 832 when I'm here. Not a single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she texts me, she's like, we're done at 8.32 this morning. I'm like, no, they ain't done. They're lying. They're lying. They ain't checked everything. They're lying. Choose character over gifting. When you see, this is the very popular um, passage of Scripture that everyone uses about spiritual authority and submitting to spiritual authority. They use the example of Saul and David. you got to submit to Saul. Even if he's Saul, you got to be a David, right? That's just, a, that's just code for saying we are really bad at leading and we have damaged you a lot, but just stay committed anyway, right? That's code for that. Um, 
when you see Saul, when it says that the Lord's anointing left him, he asked a question to the people around him. He says this. He says, will you walk out with me in front of the people of God so that they won't know that, that the anointing of the Lord has left me? What was he saying? He was saying, I would rather present a character that is acceptable than actually have one. Always see who people are when there's nobody else around. And I don't mean how they talk or if they open up to you or if they say things with not people that are not around, but pay attention to how people handle their lives in private. Look at the fruit of people's lives in private and ask yourself, do you want that or not? And don't examine everything that they say from the stage. It's kind of funny, me being like a pastor. I kind of feel like that I'm the, uh, like the black sheep. Because it's like, I say everything that they tell you not to say. It's like, I would rather be honest with you. I would rather tell you that ministry sometimes isn't what it's all cracked up to be. It ain't. Feels like, amen, I've been, I've been doing this a minute. He's like, I pastored in Nevada, amen. He's like, it's a whole different type of pastoring out there. You got Vegas to worry about and everything else. It's like, here it's just like, we got Gatlinburg, you know. <laughs> whole different type of worry, you know. We worry that you spent too much on, a, on a, the Hatfields and McCoys, right? Vegas, you're worried about if you're even going to be able to live next month because you just spent last week's rent at the slot machines. I had a guy one time tell me, now he was for sure addicted to gambling. <laughs> this is what he said. He was getting ready to go to the casino, and he's like, Cole, you got to come with me. And I'm like, okay. He's like, dude, I promise you, if you put $50 in this machine, you get 900 out every time. <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> and I was like, where's all the 900 at? Because you ain't got none of it. <laughs> and then if this is true, where is this machine? <laughs> right? So if you are going, you need to look for people in your world who live their lives in a way that you can follow them, their character. You need to look for those people. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily me, right? It's not necessarily Anna. Maybe somebody else in this church that you look at their life and you say, their character, I can follow that. I can follow that. You need to find those people. You need to find someone. Can I even tell you this? You don't even have to go to church with them. They need to serve God. But you don't even have to go to church with them, right? If you're wanting to live the faith faithfully, don't like come up under someone who doesn't even believe in Jesus. It's probably not a good idea. Um, do what you want, though. <laughs> um, you want to live this faith faithfully, and you have to have guidance along the way. Listen, you were not meant to navigate life all by yourself. You weren't. You need older people in your life that can tell you, hey, that's a really dumb idea. 
And when you are finding these people or this person or this couple that you may want to submit to, or you, and listen, don't go up to them and say, I'm submitting my life to you. I am submitted to you. If you do that to me, I'm probably just going to ask you to find somebody else to submit your life to. That's too much pressure. I'm submitted. You ever hear people talk about how submitted that they are? This is a couple things that I found when you hear that. Number one, they have to be. They ain't got no choice. They can't navigate life by themselves. And I don't mean that in a good way. I mean they have to have somebody hold their hand to go to the bathroom. Right? If you ever hear people talk about that, listen, I'm telling you, you're not going to hear me up here talking about submit to my authority all the time or submit to any type of authority all the time because I do not have to advertise fruit I don't have to sell it to you. It sells itself. I don't have to have an event. Come learn how to get submitted. You know there's conferences for that. It's the strangest thing in the world. <laughs> it's like I'm going to go for three days and learn how to submit to authority. It's like, man, it's a lot in three days, I'll tell you that. But I don't have to advertise fruit. I don't have to advertise. If you live a life worthy of following, people want to submit to you. People want your voice in their life. The only time you have to advertise it is if you're insecure. The only time you have to advertise it if it's insecure. Listen, if it actually changed your life, we'll be able to see it. We'll be able to look and see it. But every time that I hear someone talking about, you need to submit to authority, their life is significantly worse than it was. You ask all of their friends, how are they doing? They just look so empty. Because insecure leaders, do not, they do not give you life. They take yours away from you. And they say, if you'll just live life in this way, then everything else will work out. You are not them. Right? I had a spiritual authority one time ask me to check in. Y'all ever heard that language before? You got to check in. Make sure you're submitted. You got to check in. And what they meant, I was confused because I wasn't saved for long. I was like, what are we talking about? Like, what do I mean? I got to check in. I don't even check in with my parents. What am I doing? And they're like, whenever you go somewhere, we want to know so that we can cover you in prayer. I was like, okay. I lived across the street from the dorms, or from Subway in the dorms in college. And I'd walk across to get Subway, and there used to be a Mexican restaurant right there. So, you know, I'd kind of feel my way out on the way over. Do I want Subway or Mexican? Burger King was also over there to the left. That got visited very you know, Jake worked at Burger King, so I never went. That's why. <laughs> I'm totally joking. But I went to Subway, 
And they text me because someone had seen me at Subway. And they were like, where were you tonight? I'm like, in my dorm. <laughs> they were like, you didn't go anywhere? And I was like, I walked across the street to Subway to get me a sandwich. Some chips and a large drink. And they were like, well, why didn't you tell us? My bad, dog. <laughs> get you next time. <laughs> They asked me for my schedule once, and I just sent them my school schedule. <laughs> I was like, here's where I'm at. And in between, I'm walking in between classes. So if that's not good enough for you, I don't know what is. Listen, when you're choosing someone to submit your life to, choose those who reject power and do not crave it. Choose those that reject power and do not crave it. The worst type of person to be submitted to is someone who needs to be in control all the time. And I'm telling you this from experience. The worst type of person to be submitted to is someone who needs to control your life. It's the worst type of person. They're trying to live out their ministry dreams through your gift. Most of the time. Just ask yourself this. How do they treat other humans? Before you submit your life to some leadership, ask yourself, how do they treat other people? And I'm talking about people who are not connected with them. I'm not talking about the people that they set up on stage or the people who are in the, who are in the sons' meetings is so strange. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the strangers that walk into their churches and into their services. Specifically in ministry, in church. I think you should find someone in church. How do they treat strangers? Is it poorly? How do they handle money? Right? Money and power reveal the heart of a leader. How do they handle money? Do they take care of the poor? Do they want you to give to take care of the poor? Or do they want you to give so that they are just more blessed? There's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong. You know, actually, the role of the New Testament church is really this. What are we supposed to be doing with our money? I can print it out for you. What we do with our money is the first priority of the New Testament church is to care for those who care for the church. That is called the clergy. The second priority is to care for the poor. And then the third priority is to care for any of the facility issues that you may have. This has been passed down for centuries. And when I say be sure that the clergy is taken care of, I don't mean driving a Bentley. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean that you need three Escalades rolling up like the president at church. You don't need a bodyguard. You don't need one. Strange. You've been to a church where they have a bodyguard? Now, since I started training jujitsu, I'm like, I could for sure take them. Like, that ain't no problem. I need to hire a new guy. 
Except there's one place that I went one time, and the bodyguard was like six, seven, about 400. And I'm like, y'all got this one. Like, we're going to have to take him together if we're going Remember one time I heard T.D. Jake say at a conference, he's talking to pastors, he's like, you got more bodyguards than you do people in your church. <laughs> it's like the bishop. But listen, those who crave power in positions of leadership and authority are the least fit to have it. Those who want the throne are the least fit for it. I know people, I know people who have, they have split entire ministries because people had ego issues. They've split entire relationships because of ego issues because someone built something and then another person wants to come in and take it from them because this is what God is saying. Maybe God would say that to the person who built it if it was true. Everything. You know, when Pastor Casey asked me to be the pastor of this church, I had no desire to do this. I was very comfortable just being over students and giving exhortations up here and heading to the house. I was not craving a position. I moved here and I already had a position where I was. I didn't need a position. I needed someone's life that I could follow. I needed to find someone who was living the faith faithfully and would pass it down truthfully. And so you have to find those who do not want power because if there's anything in the Christian world that is, that is anti-Jesus, it is a hunger for power. I had somebody tell me this one time. They said, if you run for office in a Christ-like way, it should never get you elected. Because we're not called to rule from above. We're called to serve from beneath. And you have to find leaders who are not up here all the time. You need to find them serving from beneath. You gotta find people who don't crave power. Last thing, when you're choosing someone to submit your life to, choose someone who is inclusive over exclusive. Choose someone who is inclusive over exclusive, over exclusive. Choose someone who invites everybody. Choose someone who who welcomes everyone to the table. The strangest thing in the world to me is celebrity ministry culture. It's like you're kind of a celebrity. Like the whole world don't know you, but people who speak in tongues do. <laughs> it's like for some reason you feel great about that. It's so strange. It's like you are not that big of a deal really. Only people, it's not even people in Christianity know you. It's people in a certain part of Christianity know you. It's like, you feel like a celebrity. That is so strange. It is the weirdest thing in the world. I will never understand it. And what's even stranger is that you can't get to those people. 
You can't talk to those people. That's even stranger. It's like you have to make an appointment with the secretary, secretary, secretary. I know someone who worked in a ministry not far from here, and they had three assistants. He's like, do y'all have 40,000 people? I don't even want one assistant. I don't need assistance. Right? I don't want you to keep my schedule. If I can't do that, we've got bigger problems. I don't want you to populate my calendar for me. Choose people who invite everyone to the table. Can you get their phone number? Can you get their phone number? Is it, would it be weird if you asked them for their phone number if you needed something? But we think that it's just the man of God or the woman of God and they're not going to have to come down off of their throne because they're off hearing from God somewhere anyway and they don't need, really need to tend to my life and I just disagree. Not only do I disagree, like I vehemently disagree. Like, because you think that you're cool, people can't get your phone number. Imagine that. My phone number's in the bathroom. It's on our website, I think. Mary Sargent put her phone number on, like, on this screen during church. It's like, not even I, I'm not even that bold. Can you, can you, are they accessible? That's just a practical question that you need to answer. Is a leader that you're going to submit your life to, can you call them? Because if you can't, then you need to find another one. Right? Do they speak to you at church? And if I didn't speak to you this morning, meet me in the lobby after. <laughs> Sorry. Do they walk in 10, 15 minutes after worship because they can't be bothered by the rest of the congregants? And they have their parade of, of disciples following them to make them feel good about themselves. It's so strange, so weird. It's not cool. I don't know why people think it's so cool. It's not the way of Jesus. It's a celebrity ministry culture that has infiltrated the church. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It's weird. Stop doing that stuff. Don't follow people like that. They're weird. If you can't walk up to them and ask for their phone number, do not follow them. They're not going to have time for you. Are they accessible to, I'm talking about to strangers. Again, my phone number is in the bathroom if you need it. Or you can come up and get it after service. Are they accessible to strangers? I made up my mind when I took over Hope Unlimited. I, I said this, I will never not take a phone call and I will never not take a meeting 
because of someone's status within our church. And I know people that you can't get meetings with them unless you're part of like this inner, inner, inner circle. Don't follow those people. They're not living the faith faithfully. And they're not passing it down truthfully at all. And I don't care how many books you read on spiritual fathering, you're wrong. And I don't care how many people you got submitted to you. I find that even stranger. Because it's like the Apostle Paul had three people that thought of him in this way. And you got like 45. That's a little strange. You ain't Paul. Jesus had 12 and you got like 40. And even the worst ones are the ones that you pay to be a part of. Y'all ever heard about those? Or you can go pay to be at a round table with, a, with like a particular group of pastors that will just tell you, be sure your marriage is all right. Be sure you're preaching 35 minutes on Sunday and people will come back to your church. That's what they'll say. Or you get the Pentecostal ones. It's like, be sure you're burning for God, brother. You burn for God, everybody's going to come watch John Wesley. <laughs> Everybody come, come listen to you preach because you burn for God. It's like, yeah, if you build an entire ministry around your gifting, people will come. And they will show up. But their lives will stay the same forever. And they can get as hype as they want to in services. I have seen it over and over again. They can do cartwheels across the stage. They can do backflips off the balcony. And you can have somebody that can get up and lose their minds. Like, look at God moving in the room. It's like, no, 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 no. How are you going to treat people after service today? You're speaking in tongues and falling out on the floor and having these powerful times in the presence of God. And how do you treat strangers? How inclusive are you? Can people go out to lunch with you? There is a difference. I need to make this very clear. There is a difference between me wanting to go eat lunch with my friends and me me just forgetting to invite you and then me purposefully not inviting you. There is a huge difference. I went to an event one time where this guy, well, it was a guy and a girl, a married couple. <laughs> they had all sorts of spiritual sons and spiritual daughters there, apparently. This was the, I mean, I'm just telling you, apparently. Apparently. I like walk in and like they're all like out there with me. And I'm like this like inclusivity thing is so strange because it's like it's the spiritual father and the spiritual mother. They're in the back getting ready for God to move. And then the sons and daughters, they're over here hyping the leader up to everybody that walks in. There's like a line of them. You ever been to a, a cool youth group and they like line up at the door? It's just like, hey man, welcome in. It's like, that's what, it's kind of what they were doing. And then 
You have everybody else. And the purpose and the entire goal of being there was to sell the idea that you needed a spiritual father in your life. And if you wouldn't connect, and if you're not connected to their particular movement, then what you have is not valid. It's like, you can miss me with all that. <laughs> because I want to live the faith faithfully. And I want to, I want to pass it down truthfully. And this faith in which you follow Jesus has to be inclusive of the stranger. It has to be relational. This is not about you coming to hear me preach. This is not about you coming to hear Emily sing. This is not about you coming to be for us to put on a show for you and to lead you into worship. This is about a relational connection that happens deeper than what is in this room. The purpose of a father and a mother in your life is to live the faith faithfully and to pass it down truthfully. Jake, you can come on up. And as we do this, listen to this, listen to this. You need to see the fruit from their life and you need to eat from that fruit. And as you eat from that fruit that comes off of their life, these seeds get deposited in your heart. This is why I said Pentecostals have good instincts at the very beginning. We've just gone so far away from what this is supposed to be. It's like we have good instincts. We believe that we're supposed to pass down the faith. The way that we've gone about it, though, is just straight up demonic. It's witchcraft. You submit to me and you get what's on my life. So strange. Come up under my anointing and it's going to flow off of my beard down onto your head like Moses and Aaron. like no my purpose here is to live this faith faithfully you to eat from the fruit of my life when you need to and seeds of this beautiful faith get deposited in your heart and then they grow and then as they grow you begin to bear fruit and then you can begin to pass down this faith faithfully and live this truthfully you sitting in this room today, you one day, maybe not today, you are going to be someone's, when someone looks at you, they're going to say, I can follow them because they're a person of character. I can follow them because they're a person of character. I can eat from the fruit of their life. And it doesn't just have to be in a ministry setting. You can be a, a doctor. You can run a business. You can be a football coach. You can be a musician. You can run a daycare. Taylor. <laughs> you can do all of those things. And someone can look at your life and say, there is something about them that I just got to have. I don't know what it is, but I got to have it. And don't look at how well they do any of those things. Look at the way that they live their lives. Look at the fruit that's coming off of their lives. You need someone in your life that you can look to and say, I can eat from their fruit. You need that person. And we just call those people, those people, mothers and fathers.
That's what we call them. And we're called to live the faith faithfully and pass it down truthfully. We're not called to build bigger ministries, build bigger buildings. We're called to live this faith faithfully and pass it down truthfully. And I'm charging you with that this morning.